On September 22, 1979, sometime around 3 a.m. local time, a U.S. atomic energy detection system satellite recorded a pattern of intense flashes in a remote portion of the Indian Ocean. Moments later, an unusual, fast-moving, ionospheric disturbance was detected by the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. And at about the same time, distant, muffled thud was overheard by the U.S. Navy's undersea sound surveillance system, SOSIS. Evidently, something violent and explosive had transpired in the ocean off the southern tip of Africa. You are listening to the Mysterious Brews podcast, and tonight we bring you the microbrew of the Vela incident. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement <laughs> in the, the heart of Georgia, still under quarantine. Don't know when you'll hear this, but as of today, we are still quarantined. Quarantine. We are social distance at six feet apart. Hmm. So, the Vela incident. Now, it is a double flash pattern. And there's one thing, and one thing only, that does a double flash. That would be a nuclear device. So there's been a nuclear bomb detonated in the middle of the fucking ocean. Southern tip of Africa, right, pretty much right in between Africa and Antarctica. Who did it and fucking why? Well, between the tip of Africa <laughs> and... Just the tip, man. Yeah, that's all she can handle. And Antarctica, that's some dangerous-ass waters for you to be traveling in a boat. And I mean a big boat, too. That is some of the worst currents and storms on the planet. Yeah. The reason it's called the Vela incident is because the data that they gathered was by the satellite Vela 6911. Mm -hmm. And like Coach stated, the only thing known to produce a millisecond scale signature double flash is a nuclear device detonation. Mm -hmm. Now, this is going to be near the Prince Edward Islands, just so, just for frame of reference, if you've got a globe handy. Or a flat earth map, you know. Yeah. Well, if you got a flat earth map, it's <laughs> right there on the on the ice wall. <laughs> so maybe that's what they were trying to do. Maybe they were they trying were, to breach the wall. Maybe they were trying to breach the wall. Well, the U.S. established the Vela satellite network in the 60s specifically to monitor the 63 partial test ban treaty. And each satellite's intended lifespan was only 18 months. However... The units continued to detect detonations for years afterwards. Prior to the mysterious event of September 1979, the surveillance system had successfully recorded 41 atomic detonations, 12 of which were spotted by the satellite 6911. Oh, wow. The satellites were state-of-the-art at the time to pick up atom bomb detonations. Their most effective apparatus was the fact that each satellite was aptly named Bang Meters. What? V H A N G M E T E R S. 
Okay, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, these photodiode arrays were tuned to detect the one millisecond burst of intense light created by a nuclear fireball mm. and the subsequent secondary light caused by the hydrodynamic shock wave of ionized air. Good Lord. Man, you got to give it to the human race. We're not very good at a lot of things, but boy, have we figured out how to fucking kill each other. <laughs> we do that well. <laughs> we've got a pretty, we've got it down to a damn science. Well, here's our, uh, the bong meters. It is after, it is named after the Indian variation of the word bong, which means cannabis. Nice. <laughs> ah. But the predictable pattern of bright flashes proved to be an extremely effective method for detecting atomic explosions from Earth orbit. In over a decade of operation, the network of unblinking electronic eyes had yet to record a single false positive with the atom bomb signature. Hmm. These satellites are traveling at roughly 70,000 miles above the surface and were not furnished with the exact location of said nuclear events. Hmm. But they said that the na the sensors could narrow the area down to a 3,000 mile radius. <laughs> wow. I guess in 79 that was pretty good. Yeah. The available data suggested that the 79 incident occurred near Bouvet Island, a frozen scrap of earth famous as the most isolated isle in the world. It is the home to a Norwegian automated weather station. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, and in 64, an abandoned lifeboat of unknown origin was found there filled with supplies. Oh, yeah, that? So it's near that island? Yeah. Oh, dude, that is freaking crazy. We, we definitely, it's on the list. We're definitely doing a case about Because there's, it's like, there's no reason for that thing to be there. And then they come back later, and it's gone. Well, this states that the Air Force Technical Application Center, AFTAC, first received the detection signal, but they were not aware of the SOSIS and Arecibo detection incidents. Mm -hmm. However, the Vela report by itself was strong enough evidence. States that the signature was too unique to be explained by any other phenomena. The flashes were orders of a magnitude brighter than any non-nuclear source on Earth, and the likelihood of both bong meters artificially producing the same specific pattern was vanishingly small. U.S. intelligence is on record stating that a two to four kiloton nuclear device had likely been exploded between South Africa and Antarctica. No nations admitted responsibility for the covert test, but intelligence reports indicated that the most probable perpetrator was, drumroll please, Israel. Yep. Sneaky, sneaky. They were possibly working with the cooperation of the South African government. At the time, a intelligence docket was put forth to President Carter, and he called an urgent meeting in the White House Situation Room. His administration placed considerable emphasis on nuclear non-proliferation. Therefore, the U.S. would be expected to respond harshly to any confirmed atmospheric test. 
if Israel were linked to the covert explosion, the resulting trade sanctions or the refusal to impose them would be politically precarious for the president, particularly while he was campaigning for re-election. Though there were no reason to doubt the detection, President Carter ordered the creation of an advisory panel with a special emphasis on seeking non-nuclear explanations. Hmm. There's, there isn't a non-nuclear explanation. Mm -mm. That's the problem. But what, what about this? What if it wasn't Israel? What if it was a rogue agent? And they just wanted to make sure that they... Had one that worked. Had one that worked. Yeah, and I mean... That's scary to think about. Going on the other side, they're saying that the 6911 satellite, their EMP detectors had failed long, long before this incident, and hmm. 6911's sister satellite did not detect anything at all, but that satellite's working condition was not known at the time. So the U.S. Air Force deploys several research planes to scour the atmosphere over the Indian Ocean for telltale fission products. The mission did not detect anything unusual, but for reasons that are not entirely clear, the flights didn't penetrate the low-pressure air mass where the explosion was thought to have occurred. Well, and that don't make sense, because if you're looking to find telltale signs, why not go over the low-pressure air system of where you think it happened? Now, despite all of these contradicting data, experts still believe that a surface nuclear burst was the most probable explanation. This says that uh, during the months of investigation, the committee was made aware of Sosa's hydrophone recording of the blast, which had been found to be consistent with a small nuclear explosion at or near the Indian Ocean surface. Scientists at the Los Alamos lab also made the connection between the Vela detection and Arecibo's fast-moving ionospheric disturbance, though the researchers were not convinced that the coinciding events represented a nuclear test. They state that an additional point of interest was a flash of auroral light that appeared over Siwa base in Antarctica a few seconds after the Vela event, reinforcing the possibility of an EMP burst. Nuclear bursts have been known to cause patches of artificial aurora, though these colorful displays are more often due to solar energy mingling with the atmosphere. Further circumstantial evidence appeared weeks later including reports from a doctor in Western Australia who detected trace amounts of iodine-131, and this is a short-lived radioactive fission product, in the thyroid glands of local sheep. So in the summer of 1980, the committee stated their final report to the president, and it states that the lack of radioactive fallout and the inconsistent firing bang meter data, the investigators were unwilling to conclude that a nuclear bomb was responsible for the alert. Instead, they suggested that a micrometeorite had struck the satellite, dislodging particles which had reflected light back onto the photosensitive instruments. Another theory that was considered was a lightning superbolt 
had mimicked the distinct nuclear bomb pattern. Oh, please. I know. They ultimately rejected this notion since the Vela flashes had 400 times more energy and 100 times longer duration than most intense lightning ever observed. This panel, however, declined to address the Arecibo and Sosa's observations. Executing a nimble leap of logic whose subtlety and elegance was second only to sticking one's fingers in one's ears and going, la, 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 we don't want to hear anything else. So, there you go. Well, that's too boring, man. That's just, that's too technical. Let's get into the fucking theories, man. What happened? Who did it? Why? What was the, what was the goal? Was it a rogue agent? Was it a spy? Did they steal it? Where did it come from? <laughs> it was the Russians. I mean, I think, it, you know, it was most likely Israel. I'm just saying. Well, there's scientists stating that there's no way a meteoroid could have done that, and the odds of such happening are one in a hundred billion. <laughs> so they kind of threw that out the window. Yeah. Uh, they're stating in this article that the collapse of the South African apartheid in the early 90s released information that they, the South Africans, were in fact testing nuclear weapons. Wow. And they state that in November of 79, two months after Vela, they had a confirmed test and they have hypothesized that France or Taiwan may have been responsible. Taiwan? Yeah, I don't know that either. Hmm. I told you the damn Russians were involved. This <laughs> states that in 94, a convicted Soviet spy, Dieter Gerhardt, claimed that the flashes were the result of Operation Phoenix. Uh-oh. A joint Israeli-South African weapons test conducted under the cover of bad weather. And this gentleman states the explosion was clean and was not supposed to be detected. He also claimed, but they were not as smart as they thought, and the weather changed, so the Americans were able to pick it up. He did state that he was not directly involved. Oh, imagine that. Well, of course he wasn't. If you can't trust a spy, who can you trust? So, in 1986, a former Israeli nuclear technician named Mordecai Vanu furnished a London Times reporter with photographs and descriptions of Israeli atomic weapons. Shortly before that article was printed, Vanu was abducted by Israeli Mossad agents and imprisoned for his treason. So there you have it. We're looking at the Israelis. Yep. And to back this claim up, a retired CIA spy, Tyler Drumheller, said that my sources collectively provided incontrovertible evidence that the apartheid government had in fact tested a nuclear bomb in the South Atlantic in 79, and they had developed a delivery system with the assistant, assistance from the Israelis. They're saying they were able to deploy the bombs using a highly accurate delivery system of gliders. I thought gliders were only used in World War II. No, man, you can use a glider whenever. 
It doesn't have to be a war. <laughs> well, I meant in a military fashion, ass rash. Ass rash. Wow. I'm telling your mama. Tell her. Tell my mama. She's quarantined. She ain't going to help you. Well, that's basically all of the data and information that we have. But let's, let's, let's chase it for a second. They're saying there was a fast-moving object detected by the Sosis and the Arecibo. Now, hang with me here. Oh, I'm hanging, bro. So did he jump to light speed? Who? The fast-moving object. Oh, well, maybe. Could have been a... Um, a small Millennium Falcon? Maybe. Could have been a UFO. A UFO. One of my UFOs. But again, it's detected on it's detected three separate ways. Yeah, and three separate for Arecibo to see it, and for the satellite to see it, and Sosis to see it, and they didn't know that each one had seen. Yeah, and then for the mics to pick it up. I mean, you're not you're just gonna hear a thud on those. For sounds to register on those, they have to be pretty loud. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I'm the fast-moving object has me questioning the nuclear thing, especially since there's no evidence of fallout. I mean, that would a double flash would almost lead credence to a UFO. You think? Well, I mean, if he's fast moving and then jumps from not even let's. I joked about light speed. Let's not talk about that, but let's talk about the other um, dimensions. If he was jumping from one dimension to the next, you know, I mean, technically they could, you could have a flash going between if it's moving that fast. Mm -hmm. But, and that's another thing that we need to get into is but all these dimension things, still, man. Still, hit a, what, like ultra terrestrials and. Well, just the fact that all that shit. I can't get. There was one person, one doctor, research scientist that had gone into it, stating that up to I think there's like twenty something dimensions, and I get lost after about the fifth one. Hmm. My little mind can't take it. <laughs> so, final thoughts on this one, Coach? Israel did it. They helped the apartheid to flex their muscles. Yes, I mean. Well, I, you know, with Australian, that Australian doctor finding the iodine in those sheep, it would lead credence to a nuclear blast. You think? He did find it. He did find it. That's he did. true. He found it. Well, another microbrew with a hundred different questions. Yeah, uh, I mean. That's what's interesting about them is just the, the lack of information in some some of our microbrews. So like one of them's just been like a one sentence thing. <laughs> like, yeah, he was found dead. That's all we got. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is this it? Like, come on, people. But yeah, there's um, a lot of information out there that people speculate on this Vela incident. But uh, really, look at it, see what you think. Let us know what you think. Let us know your theories. Yeah, because we got nothing. No. We don't know shit. 
I'm surprised we got through it all. Even just some of the words, just some of the words. <laughs> this complex, man. <laughs> it's late. Yeah, it's late. It is late. That's all true. right. So, only thing left now is uh traces. Traces. Wait, oh, wait. was it traces of flashes or was it deuces? 